And mean it now, mean it. Mean it, hallelujah. Well, I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. How many of you been how many of you been touched already this morning? How many of you glad that Amen? How many of you ladies are you know, give the band, the singers, give them a hand this morning? Hello. Hallelujah. I'm sure you ladies are glad the process of the new bathroom is, is um, on, its, on its way. Brother Jerry said it's a Taj Mahal. He said, why does these ladies get to Taj Mahal and we get this, uh, this little thing here? So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of burying Jerry alive here, man. Praise the Lord. It is going to be beautiful. Thanks, everyone, for all your hard work, the people that's been running and getting permits and looking at bathroom collars and all that, and praise the Lord. I informed my wife the other day, when y'all get done with that one, I'm hanging a big old Washington Redskin sign in the, in the off up there, and she informed me that that wasn't going to happen, so I include you Dallas Cowboy fans, too. Man, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel good this morning. You feel good this morning. Let it. I'm just looking for the day that God just packs this place out in God's presence, touch the hearts and the lives of each individual. Praise the Lord. Coming up next week, I'm going to be uh, preaching for the next three or four weeks on um, look at your neighbor and say money. How many could use more money? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I can use more money. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about that because I know God and know truly that God wants to bless His people and um, He wants to do that <clears throat> so we can reach more out into this community and move forward in what God has for us. A lot of hurting people out there. A lot of people uh, that God wants us to reach as a as a church. Praise the Lord. How many um, are looking? Continually looking after the 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, looking for God to uh, move in a mighty way in your life this year. Amen. The 2018, I believe, can be one of the greatest years uh, of our life. We're going to uh, have another prayer, three days of prayer and fasting coming up just before um, Easter. And so that Friday, we are going to have a 12 hour prayer. Uh, prayer. This 24-hour prayer, I b- believe, broke some, broke some bondages off and set some things in motion and some things forward um, this last 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many enjoyed the, the presence that the Lord brought to your life and seeing things, the light He brought into some things in your life? And I just want to encourage you to just keep praying and uh, keep praying. Uh, Fasting and seeking God, because I believe something great, Sister Teresa, is just right around the corner. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe, Sister Tina, that the Lord's about to break something open uh, that we've never experienced, but we're going to have to continually fast and continually pray. How many, if I would ask even a show of hands through this time of that we pray, 21 days of prayer and fasting, that you've already seen the light? seen a, a brink of a light of God doing something in your situation in your life. Amen. Can you say, I see God. I've already seen God do something and move forward. We're living in, um, and I'm going to get to my sermon in just a second, but we are living in such a culture 
in such a time of dishonor. And um, the enemy is just running to and fro. And the Bible says in the last days, many will be deceived. They'll fall after false doctrine and they'll go after uh, people will be looking for ministers to uh, scratch their their ears and tickle their ears with a false gospel. And uh, But I want to I wanna just tell you the same gospel that worked for my old-timey grandmother is the same gospel of the blood and the cross and salvation and the Word of God and the blood that's going to bring the last day church in. Come on, that's a little weak. It's going to bring the last day uh, church in, Fred. I, I, I remember... Uh, Fred's old grandmother and, or, and uh, his mother, excuse me, and remember his mother, how she would come up to the church and the power of God would hit her. Brother Fred's going to take that same gospel, that same Holy Spirit uh, to move in our life and the life of this church to bring this community in. Amen. When we become seeker friendly and kind of just watering the gospel down and, and saying, putting the cross in the back corner and taking the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, setting it back there where it gets dust on it, then the presence of God will cease at Calvary Assembly of God Church and people will cease to get touched like they did this morning. People will cease come to the Lord Jesus Christ in the spirit of God move because we have removed the presence of the God. Remember when David brought the Ark of the Covenant back, the presence of the God returned back to the temple and great and mighty things happened. So my intent and our intent through this fasting again coming up in Easter for, for God's presence to move. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to speak just for a few minutes on uh, this year and say this year. Uh, get it down inside of you, say, this year. You have to make up in your mind and you have to say to yourself that this year is going to be the year that God is going to do something great in my life. Look at your neighbor again and say, this year. Uh, look and say, I'm not waiting to next year. I'm not settling for January the 1st, 2019. It's I am claiming this year to be the year that God does something great in my life. Boys, if you guys would settle down, young men, if you guys would settle down in the back, okay? A lot of running in and out. If you, y'all would settle down, please. Thank you. This Say, this year is the year that God's going to do something great in my life. Don't remind me of my past. Don't remind me of my failures. Don't remind me of my losses. And don't remind me of my mistakes. For this year, God is going to do something great in my life. For grace has covered all of my mistakes. I stand over top of the mercy seat with all of my sins. And God's blood has taken away my past failures. My loss and my mistakes don't remind me of them anymore because they are under the blood. And this year is, look at your neighbor and say, my year. This year I'm an overcomer. This year I'm crossing over. This year is going to be a year of overflow. This year is going to be a year of more than enough. This year is going to be a year of transition. This year is going to be a year of good news. This is going to be a year of multiplication. This is going to be a year that I feel the power 
in the presence of God like I've never experienced it before. Devil, my eyes are on the promised land. My eyes see my miracle unfolding through God that you want to do something incredible in my life. Say again this year. Amen. Don't remind me again. Don't remind me of all of my failures and all of my past and everything in my, my, my failures because the blood and the grace of God and the mercy seat covers it all. And it's behind me. So I'm looking forward to this being one of the greatest years of my I am. I, I'm looking forward to this being one of the greatest years of my life because I don't just believe it, Brother Jerry, in my head. I got it down here in my Hard, amen. God told me through prayer to tell you that this year is going to be a year that He restores and anoints. God is going to restore some things back to you. On top of that, He is going to anoint. Can you say amen? Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. So I will restore to you the years. Say the years. Not just the days, but the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts, meaning they have eaten up a lot of things that belong to you and that belongs to me, saith the Lord. Lost years can never be restored literally. Time once past is gone forever. The locusts did not eat the years the locusts ate up the fruit of the years, not the person laboring to put the seed in the ground, but the fruit of that seed. God is about to give back to you the blessings that have fell by the wayside, the blessings that the enemy came your way and stolen, the unripened fruit of the years. Over and over as you worry and fret about what you have lost, God sent me to this pulpit this morning and tell, told me to tell you those things that you have lost, God is about to restore back to you in your life. Praise God. Say again, this is, this is my year. Amen. I'm going to give you fruit in your spiritual life because God is saying, I'm going to restore back to you the years. God promises to restore those wasted years back. We've experienced some wasted opportunities, some wasted dreams, some wasted potentials. God is saying this year, I'm going to restore them back to you. What is the opposite of restore? Weakened, declined, hurt, broken, damaged, or stolen. Does that sound like some of the pattern of your life? Broken, weakened, declined, hurt, broken, and taken away. It sounds like some parts of my life. But God says, I might not, I can't restore the years because you're getting older. But I'm going to restore to you the losses of those years. Which tells me that I can claim 
that 2019, 2018 is going to be a great year in my life. Amen? Whatever I encounter in my life, whatever situations that I encounter, whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever difficulty that I might encounter, I can still say that, God, you spoke to me and said, you are going to restore back to me what I've lost. Oh, that sounds, I love that scripture. See, the limitations are, the limitations are holding us back. And this morning, I want to speak to those limitations. That the limitations in your life and in my life, I want to see them broken off. There's, we, we have limitations that we put on ourselves and limitations that we put on God. And we put limitations on ourselves, and we put limitations on God. But Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, To him being Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think to the power, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit, that works within us. Let's take the limitations off of God. Let's take the limitations off of our self. For Ephesians chapter 3, 20, to him who is able to, let's say it together, to do exceedingly, abundantly, all that we ask according to the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us. How many of you have the power of the Holy Spirit working in you? Wow. Ephesians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Let's say that together. Now thanks unto God. Let's say, which always. Does it say sometimes? Does it say uh, whenever God gets around to it? It says unto us always causes us to what? To triumph through Christ. Meaning no matter what I am facing in my life, that I can triumph through Christ Jesus. No matter what I'm looking at, no matter the situation that I am facing, that now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph through Christ Jesus. Amen. Triumph means a great victory, great achievement, great winning, great conquest, great success. God has no intention of you living defeated. God has no intention of you experiencing lack. And God has no intention of you living in the lane of less. I am so tired, broke down, I am so tired of seeing Christians living with the attitude, if I can just make it through another day. That is not the words of the Bible. Joshua 1, verse 5 and 8, it says, No man, no force, no man, no demon in hell. Let's say that together. No force, no man, no demon in hell. That sounds good. Let's say it again. No force, no man, no demon in hell shall stand before you all the days of your life. 
No man, Joshua, no man is going to be able to stop your plan and your calling on your life. Joshua, you're going to experience victory after victory after triumph after triumph after triumph. Do not put a limitations on God or yourself because this year is going to be your year. Verse 8 says, For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. For then you, how can you make yourself prosperous? God said, I am going to give you insight to things you've never had insight into. He said, I'm going to give you favor in places you, had na- you never had favor before. God said, I'm going to give you favor, and I'm going to give you insight in places you've never had favor and insight before. Now, that's a place to right there to shout. One amen, praise God, and that was a Baptist amen. I don't know who said that, but (laughs) praise the Lord. See, God is about to restore and anoint The power of the Holy Ghost back to the church. God wants you to walk in power. He wants you to walk in victory. He wants you to walk in the anointing. God wants you to operate in the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. God wants you to walk in the power and in the anointing and the working of the Holy Spirit. How many believe that God in 2018 wants you to walk in the power and the working of the Holy Spirit? Why are we pushing the third person of the Trinity out of the church? We talk little anymore behind the pulpit of the third person of the Trinity. He is the one, the great mighty Holy Spirit that gives you strength. He gives you insight. He knows your future. I don't need to go to some crazy woman with 25 pounds of makeup on to look in my hand and tell me what my future is. I just need to get on my knees and get in contact with the third person of the Trinity And he will say the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Praise God. It's time we see miracles operating in this church again. It's time marriages are put back together instead of falling apart. It's time healings are manifested in this church. It's time children are being filled with the Spirit in this church. It's time this younger generation is on fire for God. God is saying, I want you, this church, to experience the same power, the same healing, the same things that they experienced in the book of Acts. God is saying, I want this church and my hand of God to be on this church 
church. I want you to experience Debbie. I want you to experience Terry. I want you to experience Christina, Brother Jerry. I want you to experience the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life where baptisms of the Holy Spirit, our children are being filled with the Spirit, healings are taking place, and the Spirit of God is saving people at Calvary Assembly of God. Church, God said, I want to restore and anoint. Praise God. Sorry to get so excited this morning. In the book of Jeremiah, it says, Behold, behold. When the word behold is in Scripture, it, 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 it's a word to, to, to kind of get your attention. Behold, I am the Lord God, the God of all flesh. And here it is. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? Look at your situation right now. And you look at it with uh, this passage of Scripture. Jeremiah says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Let's say it together. Is there anything too hard for me? And let's answer back, No, God. Let's do it. Is it anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? No. Nothing. So let me, let me ask you this. How many of you got some things in your life that right now, right now, just right now, looks like it's impossible that it's going to work out? Looks like that right now it doesn't look like it's going to work out the way it looks right now. Then God sent me here to tell you that there is nothing. If we here, leave here with nothing but this, there is nothing that is too hard for me. Wow, nothing. God is saying, quit putting limitations on me and yourself. Is there anything too hard for me? The Lord is saying nothing. See, the danger of living from a human point of view all the time and not seeing what God has promised by faith is that you ultimately become what you perceive. This is what Lot experienced in Genesis chapter 13, verse 10, which reads, and this was before the Lord actually destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It said, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere. Like the garden of the Lord on that beautiful land of Egypt. It was the same thing that the ten spies experienced in Numbers chapter 13. They could only see the giants in the land... And this eventually led them to their loss because they were only going on what they seen with their natural eye. However, Joshua and Caleb saw the land from a God's perspective. Eventually, 
They lived to tell the story. They conquered the land, enjoyed the inheritance that they received from the onset. I come to tell you, quit looking at your situation out of your own natural eyes and look at it from the point of view that God tells you to look at it from. And God told me to tell you, quit looking at it from a natural standpoint to look at it through the eyes of the Word of God for there is nothing too hard for my God. Wow, nothing. The other ten never got to enjoy the promises because they were looking at it from their own perspective, which means they were not walking by faith like Joshua and Caleb was. God is saying, I am the God that can do all things. Nothing is too hard for me. Just ask the blind man. Just ask the crippled man. Just ask the demon-possessed man. Just ask the woman at the, the wedding at Canaan. Just ask the woman at the well. Nothing is too hard for my God, which means I'm claiming 2018 is my year. I've been going around for the last four months. Get this down in your spirit. I've been going around for the last four months. Write this down. Write this down. Write this down. The last four months saying, God, take your supernatural and touch my natural. Holy Spirit, take your supernatural and place it on my natural situation that's going on in my life. Holy Spirit, Take the natural situation that I am facing and you come down and you put the supernatural on it. Because any time the supernatural touches the natural, it changes immediately. Did you hear what your pastor said? Any time the supernatural comes down and touches the natural, it changes immediately. God, have your supernatural Holy Spirit to come down and touch this frail clay. Holy Spirit have the supernatural to come down and touch my natural. And when the supernatural comes down to touch my natural, Sister Tina, my situation changes. If I can get the supernatural on my natural, it's healed. If I can get the supernatural on my marriage, I'm going to have a good marriage. If I can get the supernatural on my finances, God's going to bless me. If I can get the supernatural on a relationship, God's going to touch us. If we can get the supernatural on our children, God's going to touch it. If God can get the supernatural on anything in my life, God is going to bring it to life and change it around when the supernatural touches the natural. How many of you believe that? The supernatural touches the natural. How many believe that God not only wants to restore, but he wants to anoint? Not only does he want to restore things back to your life, but he wants to bring that anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of the oil 
and anointed him, David, in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forth. Then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. If you know the story, his brothers was not very fond of David. Can I come to tell you this morning, right in the midst of the enemy and everything he's tried to throw at you, right in the midst of the enemy, God is going to restore and anoint right in front of the devil. For the Bible says in the book of Psalms, I have prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Devil, let me tell you something. Right when it looks like it's not going to work out. My God. Say, my God. My God. My God is going to anoint me right in the middle of where I stand with the enemy watching. And he is not going to be able to do anything about it. For God is going to prepare a table before me right in the presence of my enemy. Oh, praise God. 1 Kings chapter 18, in closing, verse 41 through 46. There's a drought. We have Elijah. We have Ahab. I don't know if you are facing some type of drought in your life, a spiritual drought, a financial drought, a relationship drought. I don't know what it is. But I want you to hang on to this. Say restore and anoint. How many of you feel it down in your spirit this morning? That you really do you really believe that this year can be your year? Sister Rosemary's been through two bouts of cancer. And she's about to come off of that seat back there. Because God's done something for that lady. Has God done anything for you? Say restore and anoint. We're doing no good if we get it here. But but if it comes down in here, come on. It, It does no good to get it up here and hear the message. But you get the message down in your spirit. Look at your neighbor again and say restore and anoint. Look at this last passage of Scripture. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Get your house in order. Get your house in order, for God is about to do something. And if God brings revival, I can't be just figuring out what I want to do next. I better figure out what I'm going to do now to prepare for the revival when it's coming. I can't be waiting till it comes. But if I wait till it comes, then I'm going to be behind. I want to prepare now and be in order of what God has when it comes. Go up and eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Devil, devil, I want to tell you. I'm going to camp out right here, and I'm going to eat, 
And I'm going to drink until the power of God moves like never before. I'm going to soak in your presence. I'm going to soak in your power. And I'm not going to wait for the revival to come. I'm going to let God start the revival inside of here. And I'm going to, I'm going to drink. And I'm going to eat from the fountain. I'm going to drink from the fountain. And I'm going to eat what God has for me from his word. And I'm going to let God work. And I'm going to let God move inside of my heart and bring a revival for me. And when I do, it tells us about revival right here. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain coming to this church. I'm going to prepare, I'm going to eat, and I'm going to drink, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to study, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to study, for I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound of the Holy Spirit speaking. It's coming. It's coming. You get ready, you get ready for it's coming. So Ahab went up and he ate and he drank and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and then he bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees and he said to the servant, go now and look towards the sea. So he went up and he looked and he said, just by the natural sight, he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. Well, I don't believe God's going to do anything to that church. Well, I changed the pews around, different platform, put a few lights in. I just don't believe God's ever going to move again. I don't know, but two or three weeks ago when we had that healing line, I could care less if we had a light up here like back here. I had a microphone. All I was worried about is God touching the sheep, and he did. I don't think this hindered anything from God doing anything. I'm not promoting all that stuff. I'm just saying God wants to move. In the natural, Ahab said, I don't, I don't hear no, I don't see no clap. Come on, stick with me. I want to end with this. I don't see no cloud. Elijah says, young man, go back and look again. I don't see nothing. Go back and look again. I don't see nothing. Can you imagine? I believe Elijah was in the spirit, don't you? God damn. I don't see nothing. Go again. I don't see nothing. Go again. I don't see nothing. Elijah said, go one more time. And he went one more time. And he said, I see the size of a little man's hand rising on the horizon. Elijah said, that's all I need to see. You better buckle up. You better get your chariots ready, for there is abundance of rain coming. 
For people that don't believe and are not preparing through prayer and fasting and seeking God for revival, can I give you a little tip? It doesn't mean it's not coming. How many did it take to start a revival at Azusa Street? It doesn't tell me they had tractor trailer loads of people coming in there. Elijah said, go back. For Elijah said, it's in my spirit. The abundance of rain is coming. Brother Cherry, I don't know how it's going to come. I can't tell you exactly when it's going to come. But I'm telling you, it's coming. Let me close with the latter part of this. Now it happened in that, at, me, at, the, at, at that time that the sky became black. Now listen to this, because I want to close with this. This is powerful. The Lord showed me this. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. You ready? Are you going through a trial in your life right now? I'm giving you meat from the Word of God. Listen, are you going through a trial or a difficulty or something in your life right now? Look what the Lord showed me. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, which tells me right in the middle of your difficulty, right in the middle of your storm, Right in the middle of the hell you might be going through. Allow that to speak to you. And allow that storm to tell you that the man's, the, the horizon, the man's hand is about, the Holy Spirit is about to show up in your life. And your abundance of rain is coming. Don't allow your storm and don't allow the black clouds and don't allow the difficulty in your life to hinder you from believing that the power and the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and your revival and your miracle is coming. Could I tell you because of the cloud and because of the storm and because of the darkness tells you and I that God is about to do something great in his house. Don't allow the storm. Don't allow the darkness. Don't allow what you're going through to lie to you and tell you that God is not going to do it. Can I tell you because of the storm, because of the cloud, because of what you're going through, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins, ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Elijah outran the chariots that that is the supernatural power of Almighty God. Y'all come on to the instruments, if you will, please. I come to tell you this morning that God, our God, you keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. You say, I might be going through the storm in right now. It is dark. And the clouds look heavy. But in the midst of it, God said, I'm about to bring an abundance of rain in your life. Father, we thank you this morning. I feel your presence. Father, thank you 
for giving me this living Word of God. At the end, Father, you brought it together, this message. You wanted to tell them that through the dark clouds and through the difficulty and through what they may be facing right now is just a sign. It's just a sign. It's just a sign that the abundance of rain is coming. For if there was no dark clouds, then there wouldn't be any abundance of rain. The clouds and the darkness show me that the rain is coming. Out of the storm, my life is going to be refreshed, changed, and moved. In the circumstances, God's going to do great things in. And the Bible says, Father, that the supernatural hit Elijah, and he ran ahead of the chariot. God, I believe the supernatural is going to be birthed out of what we've had to face in our past. For you are going to restore, and you are going to anoint at the same time. In Jesus' name, let's stand. Father, we thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Just a moment. Praise the Lord. If you're here, say, Pastor, I needed to hear that today. Would you raise your hand? I just needed to hear, wow, wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hands all over the building. Holy Spirit, you know exactly what you're speaking to your people. Because I don't, but you know. You know. I want you to leave here with faith. I had you to bow your heads, but I want you to look at me, and we're going to close. It's getting a little late, but I'm a little dyslexic. I want you to go out here with faith. Tomorrow is Monday. You're going to wake up. You're going to have to face whatever's in front of you. But I want you to look back to today. And I want you to wake up when your feet hit the ground. Say, God, this is my year. This is my year. I claim this year for my year, Brother Jerry. This is my year. Johnny might not get it, but this is my year. Billy might not get it. This is my year. Sally might not get it, but this is my year. You have to say within yourself, this is my year year for there's nothing that is impossible with my God how many feel good this morning how many feel let's give the Lord a hand amen amen praise the Lord let's pray and we'll pray and we're gonna go home amen how many are you hungry isn't that a way to close the service how many are you hungry amen praise the Lord everybody Everybody turn right around at Jim Brooks back here. He's fixing lunch today. Amen? <laughs> Amen. At his house. Let's give him a hand. He's fixing it. If you, if you don't have his address, we'll pick, we'll, I'll give it to you real quick, okay? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. You're a good, good father.
I'm walking out of here excited that my best days are just ahead. They're not way far down the line. They're just ahead. Father, I pray a blessing upon this congregation that you will bless them, that you will keep them, that your face will shine upon them, and you will keep them. You'll bring a protection upon them. You'll bring a protection upon our schools. Our schools. You'll bring a protection upon our schools. Yes. Oh, the God that just come down in my spirit. Your protection upon our schools. You'll put a protection upon our students. You put a protection upon our, our, our teachers. You put a protection upon our workers. You put a protection upon our families, I pray, right now in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for coming this morning. We love you. Amen.